Welcome back, Tavern Goers. It's Torchlit Tavern. I'm normally your dungeon master, Jameson Oxford, but today we've got something special planned for you. Mitchell Travis, who's recently become a father, as you may have known if you listened to our Thanksgiving Day episode, is going to be your dungeon master today in honor of Cyrus Day. That's right, that filthy Dirk holiday is back. Uh, and with it is all the tasteless humor you've probably come to love from us. At least I hope. Uh, this particular episode is very tasteless, and I do want to put my first official explicit content warning because we make a few very off-color jokes about abortion. We didn't intend to. It just happened. And I'm sorry. We here at Torchlit Tavern do understand that some people might be deeply offended by us taking light such a serious topic, and we do encourage you to maybe skip this one, but we do hope you'll come back for us next week. Actually, make that two weeks from now. This went so long it became a two-parter. This was Mitch's first time DMing Forrest, and it ran a little longer than he expected. That being said, our plan is to write this adventure up as a module for 3 to 5 20th level PCs. Our plan is to put the PCs we played today in the box... They come with uh, terrifying backstories. They come with special powers that are not normal parts of the stat block. And a few homebrew monsters, courtesy of Mitch. And uh, they're doozies. We're hoping to provide this through our Patreon. So if you sign up for Patreon, we'll give you access to these modules. My plan is to also go back and do some of our other holiday adventures the same way. The ending of this particular show will be rather abrupt because we left the ending to the adventure a secret. If you want to know how this adventure ends, you should join our Patreon and play this one through with your friends. I hope you enjoy it. I know it's going to be strange not having me as your DM. It was strange for me, but I had a lot of fun. Mitch did a great job, and I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the show, everybody. Welcome to the Torchlit Tavern. This week, for our Father's Day special, it is I, Mitch, and instead of being a player, I will be your dungeon activities designer and director this year. Now that's a mouthful, so I'll let you break that down, and you can just call me Daddy. Oh, help us. <laughs> I don't know how to reverse that one. <laughs> you can't reverse it. No, it's can't. it's <laughs> done. That's good. <laughs> And to my left Wait, is... sorry. An abortion. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> too topical. Good thing sorry. it's still legal here. Woo. Not in 38 weeks. <laughs> oh, oh anyway. Lord. We're in California where we have sense. Anyways, edit that part. Uh, we, we'll you're... cross that bridge when we Never get there. And to my left. Vaccinate your kids and have abortions. It's Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> 
The thing, the thing said on Torchlit Tavern does not represent our thoughts or our ideas um, on any of these You're goddamn topics. right, it, it does. It is all done for comic book It effect. may or may not. Ryan, left boy, go. All opinions are my own. Hey, everybody, it's Ryan, and I am playing, this time, yet another angry boy, but it is an angry soldier boy, and his name is Radley. You! <laughs> we all thought it. Even me. <laughs> wow. Even I had Soldier Boy pop off. I only know the one line, so it was a really limited version, but well done. Uh, the, the listeners can't see, but I just the Soldier Boy dance real quick. Move on before I Superman you. <laughs> oh. Oh, because I'm a hoe. That's so quick. why don't you tell us about Radley? Because we're not going to have time to get into full written backstories, and I don't know what kind of lunatic would write that for a one-off character anyway. He's a he's a, a stabby, angry soldier man who, I mean, it's basically Roy, but not poor. Okay, but like, where do you come from? You know, what, what's your... That's what's the your shittiest setting? description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you've just literally described every D&D character. I play yeah. a healer! What do you do? I stab things! Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's D&D for you. I mean, have you listened to that podcast? All those fucking assholes playing, like, warlock-rogue combos? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's stupid. Gotta hate that show. <laughs> Yeah. We should stop doing it. Show. Radley's a mercenary. <laughs> Radley's a mercenary. He goes where the combat is. I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta take a break. My fucking camera flashed up, Jay, right after it's a shitty show, and he's like, I, I, I don't know how to feel about this right now. <laughs> just, just trying to get my spells together, and I'm feeling kind of attacked. <laughs> As you should. So we have Radley, the mercenary, who fights for. Mercenary. I All fight right. for fighting sake because I'm rude. All right, oh better. I feel He's like our development's a little weak, but I've come to expect that from you. Thank and you. To your left. <laughs> Way to stay on brand. <laughs> yeah, it's you, idiot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Look, you're a player, fucking. Yeah, Way to like... stay on brand, Jay. And, and to Ryan's left is confused because. This is... What's a player character? I... I don't... They're the things you hate. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> in the headspace now. Uh, my name's Jameson Oxford, and I will be playing a, uh, a PC... Ugh. Uh, that I've named Scaramendor. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a... Warlock cleric combo, uh, who worships the god of Moors, and, uh... I think I'm just sent here to deal with some undead, because that's what I do. I'm very good at it. I've been doing it for a long time, because they made us 20th level. Mitch is a fool. And uh, just just for the listeners, I want to clarify that when Jay says PC, he means player character, not politically correct. We we wouldn't do that to you after this long of a time. Yeah, never. That would be a, that would be a hit to our brand that we couldn't do. Never. The only thing that keeps me moderately politically correct is being too busy editing. God forbid. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Jeff and Randall. Uh, <laughs> What's up, dude? Yes. Abortion. Yes, and uh, Scaramendor. <laughs> wow. Uh, Scaramendor is Aramendor's brother. Uh, we're going to go visit my my baby bro. Your bro. Yeah. Your yeah, baby my bro. baby bro. I'm going to rag him a little bit because that's what I do. Probably give him a noogie and ask him where the fuck the undead at. Oh, I also see. Or no, I also hear the undead constantly. Um, we shouldn't say bro a lot in a Father's Day episode. I'm going to get triggered and start yelling and bracken. It's just what happened last year. <laughs> oh, Randall, my poor little summer child. Do you think 
Do you dare to imagine in your mind that a torchlit tavern Father's Day episode could escape the glory of Dirk? It's Sire's Day. <laughs> oh no. It's all Sire's Day. So who's next? Hi, my name is Randall, <laughs> and I will be playing uh, Captain Silvers, who is an agent of Moore's, who uh, is a sort of privateer for Moore's. Get them where they need to go and go blow shit up where they need. I am a bard rogue, because swashbuckling is awesome. And I do not have a reverse to daddy, because that was uh-huh. really well done, Mitch. That would be well, mine. The only reverse to daddy is... Never mind. <laughs> Abortion! <laughs> Abortion! <laughs> 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 that's that's the theme of this Father's Day episode. Abortion. Uh, All right. It's gonna be real hard to edit out at this point. Oh man, it really will. Whoever's taking this one. Yeah. Have a fun time. Yeah. Have have fun with that. Abortion. 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 <laughs> and to my left. All right. Um. Finally, it's my turn. Uh. I am, as you've probably come to know, hopefully at this stage, Jeff. And today, I won't be your gentleman's skeleton or your gentleman's skeleton or any of the sort. Today, I am Grayot. Grayot is a hobgoblin, a blood hunter, and a tortured soul. I've spent years, hundreds of them, trapped due to an unfortunate circumstance. <laughs> no, Ryan, it wasn't an abortion. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go on. And now being freed, I continue to commit myself to the Moors, for they're all I have left. So as you may have gathered from our players' introductions, except Ryan who sucks, these characters actually have a pretty well-developed portion of backstory. Now, one thing before I forget and roll past this, Jeff, I believe you are using a homebrew, correct? Yes, I am using a a very specific class from the D&D Beyond that is actually a critical role class. We're honored that they that they put up stuff for us to use and I'm very excited to try it out. Um and of course big shout outs to uh to Critical Role for for uh allowing this and for being one of the sort of not necessarily pioneers but one of the real workhorses of the D&D podcast genre. Yeah, we're also getting this stuff off D&D Beyond, which we have an account on, and you can actually go find Torchlit Tavern on it and follow us and, like, take a look at some of our homebrew and stuff that we're starting to put up there. Um, I believe I'm starting to make some of it public. Uh, so give it a look if, you, if you're on D&D Beyond. Yeah, go ahead and look. Uh, just don't ever look at my player sheet. You'll just be Whoa. disappointed. On the note of creating content for <laughs> listeners and D&D Beyond, one of the things that we are going to do for our Patreon contributors after this episode is we will give you access to the four characters that are being played today in this episode and the campaign mod. So if you are a Patreon supporter, you'll be able to view those materials and you can run your friends or players through this campaign. Just, you know, throw us a bone and uh, recommend us if you do. Or don't. Whatever. Please do. So, are you guys ready? This is going to be a a little bit of a wild ride. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and I know that you don't either, so this is going to be interesting. As ready as I'll ever be, this is fucking unholy. Well, that's why you're here. Because it is unholy. I'm super excited for Jay to be a player. As We get to stab him! As a few of you know. As a few of you know, I've been waiting for Jay to be a player. I always Jay has the greatest Jay. player stories. Is, I'm, I'm so excited. I have a piece of sage advice. 
Don't hate the play, I hate the game. Oh, gross. I hate both. Be, be water. <laughs> I just realized I forgot to mention Silvers is an aquatic half-elf. So, fish boy. There we go. Oh, fun. So, it has been about two weeks since you received your missive. Now, you are all enforcers of the Church of Moors, and, and per standard policy... The missive that came to you was not signed. It bore the stamp and sigil of the church and basically had all of the formality and due process masquerading. Please get here now, please. So you've been on boat with Randall's character. So You are coming to the end of a two-week voyage on Captain Silver's ship that he has been running for quite some time due to his past life, and, well, he's the captain, you're not. So you arrive into the port of the town you have been sent to. It is the town of Griffinport. What is this dump? This is kind of a shit show. There's no shit present. You come into the docks. There's no shit, it's grey water, we've established that. And oh, yes. there is an odd lack of fishermen and common folk that you would normally be accustomed to seeing on the port side area, which is strange. In fact, this whole dock area, except for a few workers, is pretty vacant. It seems like a majority of the town folk are somewhere else, doing something else. You set your mooring, and you depart towards the Church of Moors. And I believe Scaramindor is the only one who would know where that is in the party. I have never been here. I am relatively unfamiliar. Never made port here. Anyway, boys, it's time for us to go find my good brother, uh, Aramindor. I believe we can find him at the Church of Moors, which I think is this way. Oh, what time period are we in? We are in present-day Griffinport. Uh, so, is there a giant hole where the college should be? As you walk towards the Church of Moors, you do notice, all of you, that something is amiss. Towards what, What direction would that college be, Jay? Oh, it is way away from the, uh... Technically, we'd have to go past the Church of Moors to get there, I Yeah, so, as you're going towards the Church of Moors, in the distance, you see a shimmering sphere reflecting the light of the sun. But you can see through it. It doesn't appear to be a barrier. And there appears to be, from where you are, nothing inside. It looks like some sort of spell-formed barrier, but it looks like it's around just an empty patch of the city. What's all this, then? Uh, you know what? Doesn't matter. Let's go. Uh, don't you think we should... I agree. Uh, it doesn't look like it's undead, so I don't give a crap. Oh, that's fair. And, uh, I take us straight to Aramindor's house, because... Aramindor's house or the Church of Morse? Oh, you're goddamn right, Aramindor's house. I don't deal with these low-level Church of Morse right. people. um, that's fine. Then you're going to have to hook left and go to the poor district. Yep, that's cool. As you pass through the poor district, you pass by a large bar that appears to be orcish based on its design and lack of a dam that was given with various repair attempts. The most dangerous thing in this town is the grog in there. Do you hear me? You move You move towards the, uh, the outskirts of poor district, and at the very end, you find an oddly proportioned... It's a two-story tall house, but it is designed in single-story fashion. There is... A goblin out front, tending a small garden around a tombstone, and a rough iron gate that encircles the perimeter. Diloke! Eh? Where's my he, brother? He's at the church, where he, he works. He works? Yes. yes. Oh my god. 
I That's we news. Going to the church. He's a priest of Morse. Why are we going um, at the church? Every time the the we've seen him, he's been here. Has he? <laughs> uh, no. The only other time was down in the uh, crypt. Didn't he do uh, Church of Morse stuff with Jeff? Never once. Fuck it. It it's <laughs> it's canon now. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh-huh. we head back to the church now. I'm done. I did my detour for you. I take him to the Church of Morris. Idiot. God damn it. This was not a church. So doesn't don't one of you is have uh, something about Eyes of the Dead or some strange quirk like that, Ryan, who didn't mention it? It's me. Yeah. So while you are there, you do notice the spectral silhouette of a young girl hovering around the tombstone. Doesn't say anything, doesn't interact, doesn't seem to be out of place. But because you have your strange sight, you are able to see that. Does it seem hostile? No. It's almost, it's a very strange thing to you. Normally, you don't have the ability to greatly differentiate between real and immaterial things. This seems almost like an immaterial shadow of an immaterial thing. Like an imprint rather than the actual entity. Disconcerting. It is weird. It is very strange. Do you say that out loud? No. Okay. So no, you don't you don't let us know that you see that? I do not. Okay. And uh, Jay, you don't hear anything, so you're not made aware of any sort of disturbance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jay, stop backseat DMing, damn it. I, I want to know if you tell me things. It's it's important if you tell him things, because he can't see any of that, so it wouldn't matter anyway. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, so you make your way to the Church of Morse, um, and you where's the Church of Morse? Church of Morse is center-ish, right? I think in your in Griffinport. Yeah, yeah. You make your way back towards the Church of Moors, and this takes you on to the more main streets. You were sort of able to just skirt up around the outside of the town to get to the poor district, but now you have to go into Griffinport. And as soon as you make it out of the shanty town of the poor district, it's a pretty nice city. Fairly well maintained. It seems that this city does pretty well for itself. You notice a contingent of dwarves hustling down one of the roads, which is odd on a surface town, but not unheard of. And you come to a hedge wall on the middle of a main street. It looks like it is new, and it looks like it has been grown out today. Odd. It uh, isn't impassable, but it is in your way. I cut through it. Yeah, is it just plain old plants? Just plants. I cut through it. I don't... I don't know where I'm going, so I'm not taking any privilege to cut through something. I cut through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard the man. Gray Ot, now you don't have to because Radley has done that for you. Well, shit. I, what? I, I just, it's just a bush. I don't recall this being here. It'll grow back. As you cut through the bush on the other side, a uh, woman yells at you. Oi! And you turn to see her, and she is unnecessarily scantily clad. She is wearing Who, who's, a very who's the judge of that? shortly tailored top that barely covers any of her assets at all. And the bottom end is also very hardly covered. She is painted in bright colors and glittered pigments and she has her hair partially tied up and partially down. And she looks at you again, what's your problem, man? What? It's for the parade, you daft. It's in the middle of the road. Yes, of course. Move. I need to fix this. Distractions. I'm gonna walk through it first. I d- yes, just move, and then I need to fix this. Is there is there one on the other side of the road? No, it's in. It's right down the middle. It is run right down the middle of the road. Oh, strange. I thought they were walling off the road. Okay. Uh, I continue forward. As you continue forward, she doesn't waste any more time with you, and you don't need to with her either. And uh, 
you become aware that she is some sort of druid type person. Maybe a wizard, maybe a hedge wizard, it's unclear. And she regrows the... How <laughs> fucking dare you. <laughs> she regrows the heads in the middle of the road as you continue. Uh, wh- what is this parade for? You said not to bother with her, so now I'm going to. It's for All Father's Day, for Dirk. You look foreign. That's the only reason to come to this town, right? I, I wouldn't know. I'm on a job. Distractions. He's not wrong. All right, all right so uh, I, I, we continue forward, and I'll tell them about All Sire's Day. Um, there's a really minor church. It's practically a cult now. Uh, known as the Church of Dirk, but certain holidays can never be shaken, no matter how many times you bathe the fleas off. Uh, and it's Sire's Day. They truly worship the father figure here in town. Get your dicks! And, uh, Get your dicks of Dirk! So, and they like dicks. Get your uh, Dirk dick necklaces! Now, so, n- now when you say dicks... I I mean, if you look sporting goods. In the direction of the crier, you see a man with a box in his hands, and he's wearing about 14 garland necklaces, all of which have various clay or woodcraft, well, dicks, hanging at the end of them. Uh, real quick, Silvers just pulls out his necklace, and right next to the symbol of Moors is a jade phallus, and he just kind of looks at uh, Scaramendor. I look at him like he's a fucking traitor. Then walks past. I look over at the, the crier yelling, get your dicks, and I go, mm, those aren't dicks. They are merely crafted phallus. You're the crafted phallus! Get your dicks! Point of fact, I am not. And a bunch of small children rush past you to go and get their dicks. Ha! <clears throat> <laughs> you know? Uh, 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 <laughs> leave in there, huh? That's your impression you're leaving on him. Uh, Mitch DMs. Small children get their dicks. I am I am uncomfortable with the traditions of this place. <laughs> I'm suddenly uncomfortable with this city as well. Yeah, I don't visit my brother very often. I can see why. You arrive at the Church of Moors, and the doors are closed, which is unusual. Frequently, church doors are left open to be inviting. You are able to make your way in. They're not barred. They were simply closed. And inside in the... This church has a foyer, correct? Uh, yes. Inside in the foyer, there is only one retainer. There doesn't appear to be much other staff here. And he greets... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Just think of a gothic cathedral. Jay. Like, that is straight up what it is. You're a player. Interruption is your right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not wrong. I mean, yeah, I'm the DM. It's my right. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong, and you interrupt. (laughs) This is the uh, delicate balance of the universe. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How can I assist you today? Have you need of services of Morse, perhaps? Is this supposed to be a new priest, Hornig, or Aramindor? Dude, I don't know. New priest new it is! New priest it is! I don't know who the fuck you are with these people. I've never talked to them. That's true. I forget this thing. I've never interacted. We just ding-dong ditched a skeleton once. <laughs> 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 exactly. I immediately hold my hand up to I, this person I... as they start speaking. I hold up my hand, which has my... Very fancy symbol of Morse. And I say, I don't have time to speak to you. Where's my brother, Armandor? Or your boss, Hornig? Uh, also, side note, I feel as though my armor probably uh, bears the emblem right on the chest. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a dumb question. Have you ever met a secretary? A desk secretary in particular? Their fucking CEO comes in, they look him right in the eye and go, Fill out the visitor form. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's rude to secretaries. How dare you? Uh, 
No, let me tell you. It's their it's job, not. man. Because if I don't get your ass to sign that fucking form, I lose my job because of your ass. You walk a fine line when your CEO is staring you down the face. Are you going to not do your job directly in front of him? Yeah. I walk I walk to the side of Aramindor and go, I'm sorry very much for my friend here. Could you please... Scaramindor? I don't care. Scaramindor. Uh, could you please summon Aramindor? We were summoned by him. Behind you, you hear a door open. Scaramindor, I thought I heard the voice of my brother. You ass. <laughs> I immediately dance forward and go, Brother! And I wrap him in a headlock and give him a noogie. He attempts to escape. Um, of course he does. Roll an I, have, I have brother vantage. Roll an opposing <laughs> athletics check with advantage. You are the larger sibling. You're the older sibling. It's natural. Absolutely. That's a nat 20. Do I need to re-roll? <laughs> confirm. <laughs> confirm. Brother, confirm. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's a nat one for the confirmation. I guess I'll roll that that advantage. Uh, that's a three. So uh, he tries to wiggle free and is unsuccessful. It's good to see you, little Airy. And as you abrade his scalp like some sort of heathen barbarian, yes, it is always a pleasure to see you. Always. How goes desk work? I don't think he thinks it's a pleasure to see you. I don't think so either. It's always a pleasure to see his older brother. I saved this man's life. As he breaks himself free from your malicious grasp. It is true, you you did. You have reaped upon my scalp for years as a result. I tr suppose you are those that were sent to deal with our issue. I received a missive. Yes, th this must be you then. Come, uh, join me in my office. You enter his room, enter his office, and it is a very traditional Moore's design room. Everything is very by the book. This guy has obviously never had a day of deviance in his life. He's pretty boring. Still playing it close to the vest, huh, Eri? Yes, well, yes. He is not wearing a vest. He's not wrong. I mean, you totally can play Drax, but that wasn't... He's lost contact. He was locked up for, like, 900 years. Yeah, so I, so I, I got, I got the... the Drax parallel immediately. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. So... All of his, all of his nuance is gone. It, whereas before he used to understand it, but not speak it. Now he barely even understands it. Fantastic! It's he like a very, so very, 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 very late stage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you fucking say it, you piece of shit! Intervention. <laughs> a very, very, very late stage intervention of social yes. habits and abortion. Oh my god! I got you right. Why are you afraid of abortions, Jay? I'm not afraid of abortions. I'm pretty sure Mitch is... Uh, question. If they induce, is that just a late-stage abortion? Oh, no. Wait, <laughs> wait. It's time for a random Mitch fact. Oh, here it no! is. Oh, I love these. Depending on the medicine that they use for induction, it is 100% an abortion. Ah, okay. I actually recently just learned this. Uh, for those of you listeners who don't know, I am a father now. <laughs> By the time you hear this, yeah, oh, yeah, that's why he's totally DMing our, th our yeah. Cyrus I am episode. the uh, Dad's Day Dad of the Dad's Day Dadcast, dadding. But yes, uh, so one of the drugs they use, I think it's cyto something. I don't recall, but it is actually the same chemical that they use in abortions and the induced birth. To my understanding, the chemical just puts the body through the birth motions at whatever yeah. stage. So, like with my girlfriend, oh. they're going to be putting her through induction to be in a more controlled environment, so they give him that chemical, it triggers the body's responses, and the body goes into the labor process, 
rather than waiting until like 2.30 in the morning and then having to drive down to the hospital and deal with all that BS. Yeah, well, well, flamingos are pink because they eat a lot of shrimp, so. So Aramindor reaches into his desk and pulls out a large leather-bound tome. And then he scoots that off to the side and pulls out a stack of paperwork. And then he scoots that to the side and he pulls out a pen and some paper. And then he scoots that to the side and he mutters under his breath, Where the hell did I leave that damn missive? While he's doing all this, I am also pulling out a huge leather-bound tome and trying to find my Revivify spell, because I'm about to fucking die of boredom, Aramindor. He just, he just, he stops and he looks up at you and he just stares at you, visibly hurt. You've, you've hurt his feelings, obviously. Eri, we're here to put down some undead. Point us in the direction of the undead. I'll sign your paperwork when we're done. I promise. This time, I really will sign it. Alright, go. I said point us in the direction. Yes, go. That is the direction. We don't know. Okay, uh, this is unprecedented, but please, Eri, tell me what's going on. If it were possible to die of boredom, I would have already done it. He's not wrong. Is this is this the same missive that you sent us? I did not send the missive. I submitted my report to the church retainers, and they generated the missive to distribute to whom so they thought must, to my begrudgment, would be most optimum for this task. That's a long-winded way of saying he did everything he could to avoid telling me to come. First of all, it is not my job, and second of all, you're damn right. I mean, as your brother, it would be really weird if he told you when to come. I dislike this man's taste, but he is correct. I draw the line at incest jokes. Dear Morse. I got that one. I'm sorry, next time I have a silly joke, I'll just abort it. Are you quite done? I have a parade arrangement to make, I have things to do, and the sooner I am departed of your company, the sooner my day gets better. Agreed. Harry, now I'm hurt. You guys watch as Aramindor drops a silence bubble. Counterspell. I cast already sitting in silence. <laughs> but when he does, you ca- as you counter the spell, you realize that he had cast that up catty corner on the ceiling to the left in such a way that it would have encircled specifically Scaramendor's head. I, uh, I, can- <laughs> I will uh, cast counterspell along with my buddy Silver here and go, Jinx! You owe me a crack of cola. <laughs> God damn it. I love that. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. I'm done interrupting Aramindor. I promise. That was it. That was the joke I needed. <laughs> so, we have an unusual issue growing here. They are abnormal undead. Hence why you called us. Yes, uh, we have tried the typical sanctity methods of the Church of Moors, and we have found that even such things as turn undead do not always affect them. I've turned to uh, to Radley, and I'm just doing the, the mouth-flapping motion with my hand as Aramindor continues talking. This is what has elevated this to your esteemed assignment. We attempted to locate the source of these queer undead, but we were unable to do so. We sent one of our men, Jarthan, to see if he could track the source. He sent us a note indicating that he believed it was in some ruins recently discovered under the city, but we have not heard from him since. Got it. So is that where we're starting? I suppose. The entrance to these underground ruins, which we don't know much of, is to the north end of town past the Rich District. 
There was a large explosion there, which had unearthed some things, and I believe that is where Jarthan had entered. We have not heard from him for three days while we waited for you to arrive. We don't know what to expect. Point me in the direction, and I shall sanctify it with my blade. What he said, yeah, consider it done. Which way? North. North. The north. I leave. Scaramendo, I see that you are as daft as ever. Allow me to speak slowly and clearly. It is to the north end of town, past the ridge district. And he just continues yelling at you as you leave. I follow, I follow Grail. <laughs> the last thing you hear of Araminda's voice is him tailing off and yelling, You ass! As the door closes behind you. I love him. I'm so damn proud of that boy. It is not visible. What do you mean? He loves me too. Sure. Debatable. Ryan, perception check. Okay. Let me pull up my perception skill really quick. Roll a dice. It probably failed. Just to double check. Most likely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. 24. Ah, all right. That's, that's, that's yeah, all right. This I have a plus is, uh, 13 to perception, man. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, but this is your perception to be able to tell whether the laser of fucking ghoul wraiths that is firing out of the ground is on your plane or not. And you have difficulty with that in particular. That's what you were rolling for, basically. Insight. My mistake. It was an insight check, not a perception check. It's all good. That's plus 13, too, so it's the yeah. same roll. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. So... You see from, well, not the center of town, somewhere northward, you see what I described. It's as if the channeled energy of undead specters and spirits has just been fired from somewhere on the surface or underground you're unable to tell into the aether above you, at which point it just sort of disperses. And Scaramendor, you roll a constitution check, I believe it would be, to resist being deafened by the howling screech of 10,000 souls being displaced. Uh, Grayot and uh, Captain no. Silvers, you see nothing other than Radley's response and Scaramendor collapsed to the ground, clasping at his ears. Um, is this like an actual sound wave or is it the magic curing me? Because like, would my ears bleed from this? Because I rolled a fucking six. Your mind <laughs> bleeds. It's... Oh. Bloody nose then. I'm doing the 11 thing. Not physically afflicted by this. Oh god. Alright. You guys just see Radley suddenly grab at both hilts by his side and then I guess relax? Because it's not real? Yeah, as far as you can tell, nobody else has responded to it, which is your best indication... It's not a here problem. It's a okay. somewhere else problem. I uh, I look over at at Scaramendor, notice he fell to the ground, and proceed to say, Does your affliction bother you again? There's... Uh, what'd you say? Ow. I lean over, and I hoist him back to his feet. We have a mission. Y yeah, and I have a fucking nosebleed. Uh, I... I help him, as I'm sure he's somewhat dazed along our path again. I turn to Radley, and I ask him, Uh, what do you see? Because I hear a lot. It's not of this plane. Well, I, I gathered. Then it's not our problem. Uh, it could very well be. You are both correct. I move to the north much quicker than I was moving. I, I keep pace with him. As you move to the north, you eventually come to the actual 
main road, or what you could call the main road, of Griffinport, and all along this road, there is a massive hedge that has been grown down the center of it. And on either side of it, stalls have been set up, booths, and likely unnecessary number of kegs has been littered along the sides of it. There's cups and mugs, and everywhere there are these same scantily clad women roaming around and preparing things. So we're following the hedge, or are we going You are able to move along the hedge. It is going the same direction as you now. You are in alignment okay. with the path. Are these, are these cups filled? Not yet. I mean, do you go to investigate? Yes. Of course we do. Yup. I, I do not. I gotta take the edge off the sound. As uh, Grayot maintains objective and be- just walks past you heathen bastards, um, Captain Silvers, you notice the emblem of Dirk, or a penis, has been carved or sculpted into most of these mugs. In fact, they're selling some at a booth where the handle is a flaccid dick. Okay. As you approach this booth, Radley, you see the withered husk of an old man. You're not sure if it's on this side or the other. Uh, the rest of the party also sees this. Mm, not Grayot. <laughs> yeah, you see it, Grayot, but you see it because you've looked back in disdain to see what the losers you're traveling <laughs> with are doing. And that is what they're doing. They're approaching this strange old thing. And as you approach him, he goes... Hey, bro! Wanna oh, take the edge no. off? I, I immediately turn around and start following Greyot again. I refuse to interact with this man. Following Greyot. Hey! Hey, Dirk, man! Nice, nice dick you got around your neck there! And he reaches down his baggy old shirt, and he pulls out a similar jade phallus that grows just a little bit longer than yours. And to the left. Yeah, he does need to switch definitely. hands. I gotta go. <laughs> I see ya. I see ya in the drink, boy. You, you want something to watch your whistle? He says to Scaramandor. I am backing away slowly. He pops the keg and he fills one of his dick mugs with the nice golden froth. You can smell the hops. It is well-made beer. And he fills I'm the mug. I'm now walking forward and slowly. It towards you. <laughs> He turns the cup so its flaccid dick is facing you. Take it, take it. It is Dirk's day. Be refreshed and rejuvenated. It's nice. I take the cup in such a way that I'm not holding on to the penis. It's nice and frothy. My pinky out. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep it fancy. You kids have a good time. Now you come back for the the parade. My name's Brian Bros. Good to see you, bro. As I... Quickly get drain the ale and chase after Grayot. <laughs> Grayot maintains heading at pace, called for with the urgency of the mission. Good man, Grayot. Good man. This is why people appreciate you. It might be the only reason people appreciate you, but this is, is why. Most likely. Yeah. So you make your way through to the uh, the rich quarter, and as you get to the rich quarter, the hedge gets more and more diminished until there is nothing left. The carts, racks, and stalls continue to be set up along the side of the road until you hit a large circular road section, right? You have the big uh, roundabout in your rich quarter? Yes. It Technically, that roundabout goes around the castle, but there's also, like, a courtyard that leads into, like, the merchant quarter heading toward the dock. Yeah. So you come around this roundabout, and that seems to be the head of where the parade will finish. 
You continue on past that towards the northern end of town. So the parade, the head of the parade is where the big dick lives. It's, yeah, that's the dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in case you aren't drawing this image in your mind, like I'm pretty sure I'm correctly drawing, there's another hedge somewhere. He's made a giant aerial view dick. Yes. Two Perfect. hedges and lead to this circle. likely there are balls. You know from your very brief experience with Dirk that the Dirk symbol is the cock and balls. It is Ugh. safe to assume at this point that this level of classless debauchery has been escalated to a city-wide scale. Silvers, you're familiar with this, correct? Uh, I'm familiar with the god and worshipping him uh, just by being dadly, but I don't make port often, so this is a bit new. Okay. R- Rad- yeah, Radley just this shakes is like his head as he makes the connection. like rich people Christmas levels of unnecessary tribute. There's just blown up dicks in every yeah, lawn. Like, <laughs> ap- sculptures and hedges. And... They've, they've, been, they've been up for like a month in advance. Yeah, it's... Instead of minions, they're yeah. just dicks. they still got the one eye and everything. So, Greyot is taking the lead due to his deliberacy <laughs> and his willingness to continue along the path. You come to the north end of town where there is a fortified wall and a large hole in where the fortified wall used to continue. There's the remains of the gate on one side, and you see what would best be described as a shit ton of dwarves in the area. They have set up shacks and shanties, and they are working on repairing the walls, and you see many of them have set up elevators and other contraptions to lower themselves down the outside cliff face. Well, this is new. Oh, there, dwarves! Hey, Is that what can I help you with? Does anybody speak dwarven? Nope. I speak dwarven, I speak common. What can I help you with? I, I swear, does anyone here speak Dorvish? I can't understand Hi, it. hello, sir. Yes, sir, what can uh, I help you with? What can I do for you today? Here's the construction I'm not quite sure. Scaramandor, what did you wish to ask him? Uh, Silver, I wanted you to speak in Dorvish to him so that he understands what you're saying. If you speak slower, they don't uh, get it. Look, I speak in English. I, know, I speak in the common. I know what you're saying. What do you want? I know you can understand what I was saying. Thank you. Yeah, see, speak to him in his language, you insufferable prick. Scaramandor? Yes, I'm going to pull out my loot soon. I walk forward. I walk forward to this dwarf. Good afternoon, so we're going to have What do you need? We're here with the moors. Where are the undead? Oh, the moors! So you hear about the underground thing? With the church and dead? Point. Yeah. Oh, this way. You, you, would you like to take the elevator to the stairs? Thank you. And I move. Would you like to take the elevator to the stairs? I just moved to wherever he pointed. <laughs> pointing at, like, he's pointing at two things. If you look at where he's pointing, as far as you can tell, he's pointing at the elevator or the I stairs. literally moved to the first thing he pointed at. Before following Greyot, I bow to the dwarf and I say, Would you like the elevator to the stairs to you as well? And I continue on. The elevator was the first thing you mentioned. I assume it was the first thing you pointed at. Well, y'all have a good day. I hope you can clear things out. It's been pretty bad down there. I just follow Greyot and I just am so baffled by our fearless leader. Fearless? And that, leader? for our listeners, is a tribute to Strana, who couldn't join us today. <laughs> so that was the insufferably incoherent NPC in his name. For who knows what reason. Perfect. Wherever you are, Strana, we're doing alright. Yeah, I, I hope you didn't get eaten by bears. That's the last place I saw you. There. You guys make your way over to the elevator of the stairs, and you get on the elevator. It has recently been a large portion of it replaced. The ropes are brand new. The guardrail on the back is brand new. It looks like maybe something happened, but now everything is in working order. The, uh, there's a dwarf attendant there, and he says, Going down, yes? Yes. Are you going to base camp, or are you going all the way to the underbelly? We're from the moors. 
Are you going to- Where are the undead? That is where we are going. Well, we haven't seen any today. Under- Underbelly. Underbelly. And he throws- He throws a latch, and the elevator begins to drop. And a fast but consistent fade. About halfway down, he stops the elevator, and he gets off, and he, uh... He bows to you, and he says, Good luck with, uh, your endeavor today. And he just reaches out with a shillelagh stick, and pokes the lever, and the elevator begins to drop as he leaves you. Not- Bad. It's just descending, and uh, the dwarf has left. <laughs> He's left and sent you on his way. He looked rather nervous about this, and obviously did not want to join you into what he referred to as the underbelly. The elevator continues to descend, and at some point it is no longer along the side of the cliff, but actually descends down through a hole that has been carved into the rock, through a period of stone, and into an underground chamber of some sort. It looks as though it was standard ancient stone construction and may have been above ground at some point, though it is unclear. This... this does seem appropriate. I nudge the bard and ask if he has anything that might help us figure out where to go. Checking my spells. Um... Scaramendor. While, while yes. he's looking through his loot book to see what, uh, what songs he has, you hear a voice. Ex excuse me, sir. From behind you. I spin around. Ain't nobody there. Fuck. S sir. Ex excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Nobody else hears it. Yes. I tap Radley's shoulder to turn him around with me. Can you help me, sir? I turn. I might be able to. Radley, you see an urchin <clears throat> standing there. If we can find a spirit or a dead body of sort, we can speak with the dead and maybe they can lead us. Working I'm on, on it. <laughs> you are unexperienced with these two. They need no spell assistance to see or hear the dead. Uh, to be perfectly honest, he asked me a question that that's all I got. Yeah, like I said, we're on it. Radley, what do you see? Uh, yes, so, sir, I might be able to help you. Radley, tugging at Scaramindor's shirt is an urchin, stands about four and a half feet tall. Looks like he's had a rough life right up until whatever happened to his neck and his entrails drape from his throat down the front of his shirt and onto the floor. His Oof. entrails? Yes. Wow. His entrails from his throat. I, I see a fairly eviscerated small urchin. Like, Scaramandor again. Kit, what? I, I, something is wrong. I don't believe I'm in the right place, sir. You most likely are not, kid. Kid? I kind of nudge Radley. Radley, is it a kid? Yeah, it's a kid. It's short, I don't know. Okay. I look slightly down to where I think the voice is coming from, and I was like, what happened to you? I don't think you want to know what happened to it. I, I don't feel so good, sir. Can you help me find my way? And uh, that time you feel the tug on your garments. I feel it? Yeah, yeah, you feel it that time. You still don't see anything. Um, and uh, Radley, as far as you can tell, nothing has changed. But you, the other two of you, if you're watching this, you see what looks like a handful of Scaramindor's robes has been picked up by some sort of invisible force. So I can see these things, but I can't hear them? Yes. It seems slightly odd, but okay. And Jay can see, hear them, but not see them. That's why you guys probably work together a lot. Yeah. Yup. All right. So, Randall's spell would actually be in a way better. Yeah. Because he could see and communicate with them. 
Yeah. Simultaneously. Um, technically, as a warlock, I can do that shit at will, but that, but then you turned it into a thing, so I don't know. You still could. I mean, it's like an early alert system. Yeah. I can't. I guess I'm going to cast Speak with Dead, because I could spam that shit, and it also kind of gives makes them answer honestly, I guess would be the caveat of the spell, so I can make sure that I get what I need from them. Yeah. Uh, so Does I that cast... affect you or the whole party? Uh, it would just be me. Who can that affect? As far as I know, they still have no reason to hear them. Unless, well, no, I need a corpse. I can't do it to this guy. Um, I tell the, the whole group, um, hi alert, boys. New things. After seeing the shirt get tugged, Greyot says, I am only able to sanctify with my blade. Who here can send the spirit on? That's fine, it's just a child. Child, what happened to you? I, well, I was murdered, I believe, some years ago, and then I went... To the, the bad place, and I don't want to go back to the bad place. Just, just, it's it's so bad. I, I don't... Just describe what, the bad place? I, I, I just... Bad? It's like here, but it's not. And I, I didn't... It just felt so wrong. And, and, I, and he begins to stammer, and... Randall, is the party familiar with your particular ability? Uh, I'm sure, I think, uh, maybe not, because maybe I was just charged with retrieving them and then bringing them here and working with them. Okay. And as he stammers, at that point, a geyser of frigid gray smoke erupts from the ground around him, and he becomes visible to all of uh -oh. you, intangible for a moment. I don't see a problem. And from the ground erupt... Oh, now I see a problem. <laughs> From the ground erupt <laughs> ethereal maleficent claws that begin to grasp at his body and tear it into the void below. The big reason this is a problem is he's, one, now screaming, and two, still holding on to Scaramendor's shirt. Uh, oh, shit. I would like to make a strength check to try to tug the boy our direction. Okay. Is this strength, or can I use, like, wisdom or something? Because it's not tangible. Wait. No, I he, actually have an he, he has now become fully tangible. I actually have an idea. What you got? Um, uh, I'm gonna use my weird ability and then slice the hands that are grasping it. So you're gonna try to go to the other side and attack the thing? I do, yeah. Uh, mostly, uh, mostly because I don't know how effective we'd be on this side. I mean, so you can gonna... you can see the hands on this side now. It is completely tangible to everyone in the party. Wow. You can go either way. Uh, as far as you can tell, as far as you can tell, Randall or you know Captain Silvers, if hands are reaching through to this side, those hands are attached to something on the other side. Oh, then I'll stab that. Yeah. So you can. I'm just saying for your clarity. Thank you. So do you do your thing? I go. Be right back, boys. And uh, what did he do? <laughs> can I still Scaramandor, can I still see him? You, Scaramandor, you look to Captain Silver as much with the look of the fuck do you mean? Be right back. And he just sort of board planks up, falls backwards, and falls through the floor in a poof of smoke. Radley, you see the first part the same as everyone else what changes is you see a ghostly impression of captain silvers immediately pop back up from the ground as though he had fallen through it from the other side and as you look back towards the child 
Roll a uh, roll an insight check. You're not really sure. You're looking at a double image sort of thing here, so you need to focus on one or the other. You can see some sort of mass overlaying with the child, and the mass is facing downward, reaching into the ground, and then the child is also on the ground, being grasped from below, almost like a. As far as you can identify, it's like something is on the other side of a mirror reaching through and grabbing. 19. So, Radley, as you focus on the other thing, your view shifts and you lose perception of the child. And you and Captain Silvers both see the following abomination. Imagine a beholder, which is to say just a large flesh-built orb with a fanged maw, but instead of the typical eye stalks that a beholder would have, it has skeletal, ghoulish arms that reach out with long pointed claws instead. Alright. Uh... So, Captain Silvers, uh, roll initiative. Actually, <laughs> everyone roll initiative. Yeah. This is bad. 18, I think. 22. Yeah, I, I know I'm a level 20, but uh, I am uh, 21. What'd you get? A disheartened. Um, I got 27. Damn! Damn, boy. That's good! My initiative is plus 12. Fucking nice. What'd you get, What'd you get Ryan? What'd you get? 14. Alright, Mitch rolls crap. <laughs> Welcome to the DM You're world. Good. You're good. <laughs> it's the same world for me. So, what, what's our what's our order here? Uh, me. Alright, so Randall, um, as Captain Silvers falls through the thin veil of barrier between the proper living world, and into this other world that you've only ever heard of as the Fell, you rise up onto your feet on the ground and you see that thing. You've been to the Fell a few times before, but you've never seen this whatever this is before. Alright, alright, alright. What's all this, then? So, Silvers is gonna pull out a longsword uh, hilt. It has no blade until I speak a magic word, and then a blade of pure sunlight is formed, and I'm going to stab this motherfucker. Now, does that emit light as well? Yes. All right. It, it's a, a bright light in a 15-foot radius and dim light in an additional 15. And the it is sunlight. So I I have grave sight. It allows me to see invisible creatures. Does that apply to, like, spectral things? So the way that this works on this thing, because it's not invisible, but it's also not here, but it's also interacting with your realm, is you can see through the smoke. Okay. Which is to say there's smoke billowing out of this geyser column in the middle. And uh, if you've ever seen bad 3D animation where they put a transparent particle in and it fucks with the graphics and you can see through the solid particle behind it, or like when you glitch Minecraft... <laughs> That's kind of what you see. When you look into the smoke, you don't see smoke. You see the other side of the smoke. And you see what portions of that creature you are able to. So, Captain Silvers... Again, Jay. Sorry. As the ray of light shoots from your hilt and forms into a blade, the creature turns with its eyeless f mass and looks at you. It opens what you best assume to be some sort of observational organ, but rather it's as if millions of pores all over its body open into empty eye sockets, like pits of flesh that have been scooped out by some sort of small device. There is no organ inside, but you know that this thing is looking at you. Uh -oh. 
that really hits a scary note for some people who don't like that, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that fear is. Yeah, uh, I do not like just it. Just imagining that. <laughs> but I'm it, is, it is not a good thing. It's, um, it's not ideal. Yeah, it is. It is not ideal. And you, you see... That it you see that as well, Jeff, because you can see through the smoke into the body. This doesn't happen on the ghoulish arms, just the main mass. Randall, I'm gonna have you roll a uh, roll a wisdom save. I think that wh- which one is fear? Sorry. Uh, twenty-two. You feel a sense of wrong wash over you. It's not even proper fear. Your entire essence beholds this thing as wrong. You're able to shake that feeling off, though. Continue your turn as normal. I'm going to fucking stab it. So uh, the, the, the old goodies are always best. Yeah, it's, it's solid. Uh, that is a 30 to hit. All right, that's a hit. That will be... Is it undead? What does your weapon do? Uh, if it's undead, it deals another additional D8 of damage that is radiant. Mm, okay. So is it? Go ahead and do what you do. Uh, it would be 13 points of damage just for my regular attack, and then an additional 7 points of radiant damage. So as your blade sinks into it, the cut from the weapon passes through it as normal, but where the radiant damage touches it, it's causing an ill effect on the creature because it is bubbling up into tumorous growths. Gross. These are all the things that I'm not cool with. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Is it twenty one? Is it my is it my turn to burn and, it with fire? <laughs> and then I'm gonna back off because thanks to Swashbuckler it can't make opportunity attacks against me after I attack it. Yeah, it was uh it was not prepared to be stabbed in the face die things. Uh that was that was not something this creature has to deal with, so yeah. You you basically caught it by surprise. And then I back off to try and lead it away from the kid. I'm trying to encourage it to drop the kid and then follow me. Alright. All right. Uh, I'd like to say one. Uh, anybody want to give us like uh, some sort of description of the action? I mean, I, I can give a description of the well, action. Well, no, who, and because so can, we so can badly. only see so much, right? At this point, I see billowing smoke with hands grabbing the kid. At this point, right? That's what I see. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's all I see is the smoke and the kid. Yeah. So Radley can see either or. He can. He sees everything. At this point, he has the ability to focus and see. Well, he can see everything at once, which is kind of a mess and not very useful. He or he can focus on one or the other, and that's a free action. He can switch arms. So Silver's is on the shadow plane for all intents. And yes, purposes. he is. He is on the other side. Okay. Yes. I would like to roll a religion check to see if I want to. I want to know what your call is. Uh, I rolled a twenty-two religion. I want to know if. If I did something to this kid, would I free him? I mean, and I mean, what? free his soul. What, what are you? What are you thinking about doing? I'm thinking about sanctify something. Yeah, like or just straight up burning him with holy fire. Sending uh, him, sending him to the other side. I think is. I where would he's like really to trying. abort the spirit. Ah, there it is. So you honestly have no idea. Like you said, new things. New is bad. The latest stage abortion. What you know. What you know about souls and spirits is if you destroy a living thing on this plane, its spirit will pass to where it belongs. If you destroy a spirit on its native plane, it will be destroyed. This kid was a... Oh, and if you destroy something on a plane it doesn't belong to, it just goes back. This kid was a spirit on this plane where it didn't belong that is now a body 
on this plane where it probably doesn't belong being dragged to another plane where the kid tells you it thinks it doesn't belong. I am asking the DM with a roll of 22 if Scaramindor would know that it's a good call to just reset this spirit, basically. Worst case scenario, he wouldn't be getting eviscerated by the weird hole beast. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that uh, these characters that we're making for this, this is this is like this is like the Moore's equivalent of the Fist of Newman. That's what we are. I think mm-hmm. that when you call us in, you expect us to kind of deal with the problem in a in an efficient fashion, and Kill I it. reach uh, this kid who's holding on to me, uh, and I've kind of grabbed onto. I hold him, and I get in his face, and I whisper, it only hurts for a moment. And I cast Sacred Flame. Alright, for our listeners, because I'm the DM and I totally know exactly what that does, what does that do? That creates a flame-like radiance descending on a creature that you can see within range. The target must succeed on a dex save or take 48 radiant damage because I am a 20th level character. So you're uh, you're holding on to him, right? So you this kid is trapped between... You holding him on one end, and the fuck beast holding him on the other? Yes. I'm gonna go ahead and say, you can't really miss that. How do you cast Sacred Flame? Like, what do you do? Is it a, is it a handy Verbal thing? Somatic. Is it a bookie thing? What, is, what does Scaramindor do? What does Scaramindor's casting? I think for this particular casting of it, I say the words, and I, and I gesture with my hand, but the gesture with my hand is pulling out my skull emblem and touching it gently to the kid's head. And he... Lights up with 22 radiant damage. A sky laser of radiant damage erupts from above. A deep purple light touches him, and you hear the opening riff to Hush by Deep Purple. Thank you. And uh, as the radiant damage strikes the child, it passes through the smoke. And as it passes through the smoke, the smoke erupts into flames. Um, Everyone that is within 10 feet of the portal... Roll a dex DC of 18 or take two fire damage. Good thing I backed away. Yeah, no, you're good, Randall. Well done. I rolled a nat 20. Well done, Jay. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Yeah, I took the two damage. 18, exactly. Nice! So as the smoke erupts into flames, the kid is lit on fire and begins screaming in horrifying agony. And the word he screams is thank you as his body erupts into radiant emulsion. It's lit. Oh, thank God that worked. The portal has not yet closed. Uh, The smoke is on fire. The smoke is still coming from the ground. Now a torrent of weak flame. And the ghoulish arms are... Well, they were holding a child a moment ago. Now they're waiting for their turn. Oh, okay. So we still do have an enemy. That's what I needed to know. Yes, the thing is still there. It's me. So you see Grayot. He reaches back and grabs the lance and proceeds to strike down at this thing. So you're going to try to strike through the portal into the thing? Yes. All right. Now remember, Geyser of Smoke has turned into Geyser of Flame. You are going to have to move into the flaming area to do that. I have a 10-foot range. Ah, well then I guess you won't. Perfect. So, Jeff, as, as you approach this thing to lance at it, the hands are grasping at where the child was because it's not there any longer. Um, so, yeah, I rolled a 21 to hit. Okay, that's a hit. And I hit it for 15. 15 what? 
15 piercing. Okay, because all right, because the lance, right? Yes. So as you drive your lance into this creature's body, anybody ever stab molasses with a spoon? Yes. Yes. That's what it feels like. And for those of you who haven't stabbed molasses with a spoon, because I imagine actually that's more people than not, especially these days, it begins to sink easily into the body and then rapidly meets more and more and more resistance. This thing's body mass is a, feels like a very highly viscous semi-fluid. Okay. So, Jeff, do you only have one attack? I, I don't know what your stats are. On this oh, track. I actually have two. Yeah, I actually have two. I might have more than that. Um, let me... So you, you can uh, you can roll a deck save to try to pull the lance back out before... As you feel it getting, meeting resistance, you can roll decks to cut your attack short and withdraw early. You know, pull-out method. Or you can use strength to go all the way in and then just try to force your weapon back out to be ready for that second attack. And this this, I'm this going... is a Father's Day episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I rolled a 18 plus my strength 3, so that's a 22, or 21. Okay. So, and you're going with the strength option, right? Correct. If I were to give it a number on a scale of 1 to 10, how close you were to not making that, it would be 2. And two is bad, right? Yeah, like like a nineteen. Er, it was a nineteen DC. You are able to drive your lance all the way in, doing full damage, but you are barely able to pull it back out to strike again. Go ahead and make your second strike. This time, you know that you have the option to either have to wrestle with this thing's oddly viscous mass, or you could choose to stab it less, which would give you. A reduction to damage, but an advantage. Or I would just not make you deal with having to pull that back out. Okay. So do you want to? You want to do just the tip or all the way? God. Um. If there's one thing I know about Jeff, this is Sire's day. You don't give him just the tip. <laughs> oh, I was actually gonna say just yeah. the tip. He's this is Sire's day. <laughs> Jeff's a tease. Yeah, it's Sire's day. You don't give him just the tip. It's Sire's day. You don't just give him just the tip. So yeah, I'm going all the way again. I have another weapon, so I I hit it again for another. 10 damage. Okay. And, ooh, fail the strength. Okay. So you drive your lance all the way into it again. I would say to the hilt, but it's a long-ass lance, so that's not true. But, you know, it, you feel as you try to pull your lance back out, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, can I choose to just continue to hold on to it yes. and not, like, lose yeah, it? you can continue to hold on to it. You just aren't, and next turn, you would basically use a, a move action to withdraw your lance. That's all that means. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, Ryan, it's you, right? Yes, I believe so. Just doing some math real quick. You. I know. Gross. You guys don't know how happy you make my girlfriend's cat on D&D Day. Because you that? just pet the cat all day? I am the most captive audience. Mm. Look at her. Un- undivided <laughs> attention. Ryan, what are you mathing, buddy? What's up? I'm mathing my hits, bud. I was trying to be ready for okay. you, but, uh... No, that's cool. I got you. Just, you know, give us a, give us a lowdown on what's yeah, going Radley, on. Yeah, Radley's... Ow! Nice. <laughs> Fucking started biting me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Radley is dashing forward, both longsword of sharpness and vorpal, and vorpal sword out, ready to go, and I'm slashing for three hits. Do it. That's a twenty, a sixteen, and a twenty-two. You miss all three. I'm just kidding. You're striking at the <laughs> arms. Those are harder to hit. Your sixteen 
misses. Okay. So are are you attacking? There are like three to five arms that are extended onto your side of the veil at this point. Are you attacking the same one twice? Are you attacking two different ones? You have the option to do that. I just need to know now. Uh, I will attack two different ones. Okay. So the we'll just say that the miss was the first one. As you swing out at it, the limbs are oddly responsive and dexterous. Your hit should have connected, but as the sword comes within range of the limb, it dislocates itself and flexes in an unnatural way, moving the mass away from your weapon. Gross. On your next hit, it tries to do the same thing, but now that you're more aware of how this weird, fucked-up abomination works, you account for that, and you're able to continue your strike into the leathery texture and bone mass of the arms. What is your damage on your first hit? Uh, that one was a nat 20, so it was 14. And, okay, also, and that's not your Vorpal. Or is that your Vorpal? Uh, hilariously, that one was the Vorpal. Alright. So, who'd have thought we didn't think it would happen, but it happened on the very first roll. So, uh, obviously, obviously, you won't let me take its head off, so... Uh, actually... Oh? <laughs> uh, you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, bad news. I want the medium news. Take its head off. How? <laughs> so... As you, like I said, they're long, ghoulish arms, and now that you've had a little bit more time to look at it, that whole six seconds of your round, um, they are (laughs) multi-segmented. It is several series of elbows down the length of this thing, leading up to the hand. Does he have four forearms? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of arms. Four forearms, I love it. So, as your Vorpal sword comes in, you catch it in one of its many elbows, the elbow closest to the wrist, and you slice all the way through the joint, and the hand falls to the floor, and the forearm arm arms withdraw backwardly, spewing dark, viscous, bloody mass. Dope. Your second attack, sir. My second attack was a 22 for 8 damage. Okay. And that's just, it's just 8 damage, 8 slashing? Yeah, just 8 slashing, and I also rolled a superiority die for a precision attack. So that's an extra 10 damage. Okay, so 18 damage total? Yes, on that one. Alright, so this one, with much less grandeur, you attempt to sever another one of the hands, but it flexes out of the way, and you catch it in the bone, breaking one of the forearms. And the hand stays attached, but dangles at the break. Okay, and then I dash back. Alright, now it's uh, it's the kid's turn. There's a smoldering puff of smoke as he continues to dismiss himself from your plane. And now it is the Hellbeast's turn. So, Ugh. the bad news, bad news. That hand that you cut off, yeah. the bones that would have constructed the forearm behind it split, and you find that there are actually a series of smaller bones inside of it as it breaks the bone into limbs and rears its hand and begins to lurch at you. Uh, Roll a deck save or be grabbed by this thing. I did dash away. <laughs> Yes, you did. Okay, just making sure. It uses its move action to do this. Actually, sorry. Technically, it's a leap attack. Okay, you said that. Yeah, DC 15. Woof, 13. The hand propels itself at you, latches onto your chest, and grabs you. Then the broken sections of bone that form the back of it begin to sting at you like a multi-tailed scorpion. I don't like that. Yeah. 
Uh, because it grabbed you, you're gonna just take damage from that, buddy. You take, uh, you take piercing damage. One piercing damage, four times. Alright. So, you know, four damage. Yeah, I'll take that. Randall, on your end, you see the, well, shoulders, I guess, the point where the arms connect to the main mass, dislocate, and begin to spill more arm out of the body, and the extensions of arm falling in sections of forearm royal to the ground like someone spilling chain from a bucket. Hmm. Two of these arms then begin to coil and raise themselves up, and it lashes out to attack at you. Hmm. Hey, uh, this is gross. Yeah! Agreed. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that he's created the, the grossest abomination I love it. I've may have ever yeah. heard in all of D&D. Yeah, Mitch is no longer allowed to DM after this. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mitch, get, I, I think it's time for you to DM uh, Call of Cthulhu, my friend. To yeah. write my monster book? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so the best part about this, you know when I came up with this monster? Like, two minutes before I put it on the field, you're welcome. I, I want you. Mitch to run Monster of the Week for us. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, I can do it. So, Randall, what's your what's your AC? Seventeen. Oh, okay, so the the first hand fires out at you and claws at you with its long chitinous claws, but it misses, so that was good. The second one does not, and it does it does fourteen slashing damage. All right, and it attempts to grab you. Roll athletics or dex, your choice. Yeah, that's a twenty-six. It is not able to grab you. <gasps> All right. Jeff, it took offense to your actions. It did not like you. As it shouldn't. So, Scaramendor and Radley and uh, Grayot, you are unaware of the chain uncoiling of limb that is happening below. You're not... Well, actually, Radley, were you looking... Which side were you looking at? Were you looking at your side or its side? Looking at the other side. Okay, so you see the arms doing the freaky chain thing out of the body. I'm going to give you five words that you can use to warn Grayot. Okay. It is his it is uh, Grayot is about to be attacked. You see the chains pull out and two of the arms begin to lurch at him. You get five words to I warn can, him. I can see through the smoke. Can can I not see the chains? The chain arms? No, because the smoke is currently fire. And that's fucking all that up for you. Okay. Things are cool. still burning technically. For another round or so probably. Yeah. So you're currently blinded because your your sight into the veil has turned into a, a torrent of fire rather than the smoke of vision. Okay. So you have five words. Grayot, dodge the chain arms. That's five. Yep. What you take on that, Grayot? What uh, do you do? To to be dexterously aware of chain arms. Alright. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you dex. Normally I would impose disadvantage, but Radley was able to warn you about weird shit. So you see the two arms that are closest to you cock back as though they're going to strike at you and then lunge forward like they did with Randall. Okay. My armor class is 20. Okay. Like with Randall, that is one hit, one miss. So the first one extends and fires past you. The second one rakes at you with slashing claws, and it does... How much damage did you take, Randall? I'm sorry, you did... I took 14. It does 16 damage to you, Jeff. And then you okay. are able to roll a dex save to avoid being grabbed. Okay. Dex save. Uh, 22, 21. Again, you uh, are barely able to scrape out of the way. You become aware of what Radley meant when you take five feet back and the hands continue to extend another two sections of arm. 
but you are able to move out of the way. And you do still have your lance. Sweet That deal. brings us to top of the round. Hey, that's me. So, I'm just going to say fuck it because this thing needs to die. Uh, oh, uh, hang on. Actually, it is the beginning of your second realm in the fell. That is kicked off for you, hearing the loud ethereal toll of a grave bell. Ooh, I need to get out of here soon. Oh, no. I'm in trouble. Uh, so I'm just going to end this I'm quick. I'm in danger. Yeah. yeah uh, remember, uh, in case you have forgotten, remember, or you get, was it 13? Yeah, 13 per day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, you know. So, this motherfucker needs to make uh, an intelligence saving throw. As What's I, that? Uh, what? What's that? <laughs> it's intelligence. Oh. It apparently doesn't have any. So, it needs to make an intelligence saving throw. Okay. And if it doesn't uh, meet or beat uh, 19. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Silver's real sick of this shit and honestly really creeped out. And then hearing the grave bell goes, fuck this. Steps up, pops his ninth level spell, and it lets loose a psychic scream wave upon the beast, dealing 14d6 psychic damage and stunning it. Okay. So, it is... 14d6? Yeah. And that is... Ninth level. <laughs> so I let loose 60 points of psychic damage from this psychic scream, and it is stunned if it's still alive. You do hear that, Jay. Ow. Ow. Scaramandor, you hear the sound of a distant screeching wail come through where the smoke is. The rest and everyone feels... A high-pitched vibration as this creature then begins to roil in pain. It when it takes your psychic damage, Randall, uh, because you have one arm, a couple of arms right in front of you, and a couple that had moved closer on its turn. You watch as the bones that make up the arms begin to snap and constrict as it roils back in broken pain. And you, uh, you guys see that up above too, where some of the arms snap and break and fall back into the mist gate. Uh, I turn to Radley and I say, I guess Silver's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't Uh, worry about it. uh, I'm going to pop back after hearing the grave bell because Shook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, So I pop back and say, it's fucking stunned. Kill the motherfucker. (laughs) So Randall, that will be two uses for today. Two rounds. Yeah. I'll I'll mark it. Scaramendor. Is it still alive? Yeah, I, I, I don't, maybe whatever it is, it's not gone. It, it's still here. That's it, not, it. It was never alive. <laughs> yeah, it recoiled quite a bit after that. Am I still grasped? Ooh, I'm gonna. Say you were grasped by yes, an autonomous thing. I'm not sure. You certain. are because that thing didn't matter. Okay, it's just a thing on you. Okay. Uh, for reference, you can just use an action to make that thing be no longer on you. Okay, cool. It has a strength DC of like seven. All right. I uh. Is it undead? Do I need to roll a check? It doesn't look like a living creature. Then I use fucking turn undead. Yeah. Roll a DC 18 wisdom saving throw as I brandish my holy skull. And what does turn undead do? Well, if his challenge rating is lower than 20, or sorry, lower than 10, it dies. As an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer censoring the undead. Each undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. So, Scaramendor, you pull out your skull and what do you say? What's your words? Uh, by the power of Skull, I banish thee. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Several of the, ch- the broken chain arms that had resumed crawling towards you erupt into violet and green flame 
and wither back into the portal. As they do this, you hear a variety of shrieks, and everyone can see multiple apparitional spirits escaping from the limbs. When Radley cut them, it dripped this dark, viscous goo, but now that you're burning them away, you are releasing what looks to you, as informed individuals, like souls. Good news, boys! I think we found it! And thank you again for following us on our journey through another episode of Torchlit Tavern. You've listened all the way to Arc 3, we hope. If not, you can always go back and catch up on what you've missed. First of all, myself and the rest of the members of the Torchlit Tavern would like to say thank you to everyone who listens to us. We love telling our stories. We love your engagement. And we love to entertain you guys. So, thank you. Don't forget that if you do enjoy our podcast, please like us, rate us well, Share us. Tell your friends about us. We have no designs on any grand empire, but we do like telling our story, and we'd like to share that with as many people as possible. And you, our beloved listeners, are the gateway through which we can do that. If you're looking for other ways to listen to us, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcasting service. If you want to engage and find a little bit of extra interaction with the Torchlit Tavern, you can search Torchlit Tavern on Facebook or Twitter. And we have established a Patreon at patreon.com slash Torchlit Tavern. If you'd like to go that little extra mile for us, you can do so there, and we will kick back to you with monthly content updates. This could be anything from narrative expansions, world lore, or even just an insight into the characters of the world themselves. And last but not least, if you want to chat with, compliment, or ridicule one of our lovely players, you can find us at the following locations. Alright, have a good night everybody. We'll see you next time. You can find me, Jameson Oxford, at something something master on Twitter. And you can find me, Ryan, aka Roy, at Ryan SCB Santos on Twitter. And I'm Randall, and if you want, you can follow my uh, inactive Twitter account <laughs> at Argo Omega, or you can just look at the Facebook, and I'll be there. This is Jeff, still playing the Jell-O-Man Skeleton himself. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter that I never use, at Big underscore J underscore The Bad Man. You know, I think maybe I should have my own Twitter. You shut up. It's not... Time for this things. God. You can definitely find me at the Torchlit Facebook. I'll be there. No, I'll be there. Somebody will be there. And thanks for tuning in. Fuck you, Warlock. Am I still grasped? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Damn it.